listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host Jane Nakata coming to you here in Fukushima Prefecture, Japan. I hope you have had a wonderful summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and if you're in the Southern Hemisphere that it hasn't been too bad for you. The podcast had a little break over the summer vacation which is just what I needed and Yeah, we're coming back for the first episode post-summer today, even though it's kind of still summer. When this comes out, it will be plenty warm, I'm sure. So today we have two guests on the show, and I'm very excited to welcome Sarah Furuya and Gretchen Miura, try saying that fast, onto the show again. They have both been on before, but separately, but today they're going to be speaking together as they are working on a wonderful project together called the Lighthouse Grief Circle. You'll hear more about what that entails in the episode, but I thought it was a really great episode to do at this time of year because we've just had Obom. That was just a few days ago when I'm recording this. And if you're listening to this when it comes out, you'll be in time to maybe join their next round of Lighthouse Grief Circle that they're running live. If you're listening to this and it's too late to join for that one, there's always the evergreen as well. It means you can join at any time and go at your own pace. So in Obon, if you're in Japan, you'll know that it's a time to spend time uh, venerating or revering your ancestors' spirits when they come back to visit you for the three days over Obon. And this can look like going to your family's graves, tending the graves and leaving offerings of food and alcohol if they liked a a bit of a tipple, fruit, the kinds of things that Hotoke-sama or the ancestors' spirits like. And so you may have done those activities during summer. We did not go to my husband's family's house this year, which is in Totori, as I'm sure you've heard me say, because it's a 1,000-kilometer 14-hour drive just to get there and we are just exhausted (laughs) from daily life and it's also at least 35 degrees there most days so we prefer to stay here in Fukushima where it's a little bit cooler but one thing that we did get to do that is very Iwaki which is where I live is here the Jangara. Now the Jangara is a group of drummers and singers who go around the houses of families who have had someone pass away in the last year. And those families are observing their Hatsubon or Nibon, depending on which part of Japan you're in. And this is always a big event, the first Obon after someone has passed away. And you might see those families put a special lantern outside their house 
with a name on it to guide the spirits back home. And here in Iwaki, it's very common for families to contact a jangara team and ask them to come and play at their house for the spirits. This usually happens at the start of a bomb when the spirits are making their way back to their family's home. And it's at the song and the drumming and things is played to appease the spirit because this is their first obon as a spirit. So they might not know what to do and they might be a little bit upset about it and perhaps they haven't gotten used to being a spirit yet, I think, (laughs) something like that. Anyway, it's very common to hear this sound around Iwaki at this time of year. So when it happened the other day, I grabbed my phone and I went out and stood with my neighbors because when this happens, the neighbors all gather to watch and to pay their respects from a distance. Uh, And so I just recorded a section of the drumming and the the song that they play for the spirits. So I'm going to play that for you now just so you can hear a little bit and I hope you enjoy it. It's something a bit special and it's something that is not so common throughout Japan. Iwaki is one of the few places where we have this uh, drumming for the spirits on their first obom. And you're going to love this conversation between Gretchen and Sarah and myself. We had a great time talking about grief. And I know that sounds weird. We had a great time talking about grief. But Gretchen and Sarah are really passionate about helping people through their grief and so we are very lucky to have them in our community here in Japan. I wish they had been around with the grief circle 15 years ago when I really really needed it. So I hope you enjoy Yuaki Jangara and this discussion with Gretchen and Sarah. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast, Sarah and Gretchen. Great to have you on the show today, you guys. Hi, Hi Jane. Jane. <laughs> nice so to, to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Today we have Gretchen Mura up in Akita and Sarah Furia down in, where is it exactly? Zushi. Zushi. Next Kamakura. Yeah. Next to Kamakura, that's yeah. right. And I'm here in Fukushima, so we're all over the place today, connecting all different parts of Japan. But it's great to have these two wonderful women on the show together. So to get started, let's just have a quick intro from each of you so people know which voice is which, who is who, and what you do and who you help. So Gretchen, why don't you lead off for us? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jane. I'm so happy to be here. You're right in the middle of us. So yeah, I'm up north in Akita. I live in the Oga Peninsula, Oga Hanto. And my husband is a Zen priest. So we run a family temple called Dairuji, which means big dragon temple. 
And I'm also a mindfulness meditation teacher and more recently a grief educator. And so with Sarah, we run um, a grief program together and I also do mindfulness retreats. And I also recently went back to graduate school. So I'm a student as well. So those are the hats I'm oh my wearing. Goodness. Are yeah, you still yeah. making your bento bags? <laughs> I'm you still, have time yes. for that? <laughs> I shifted that more into a hobby because mm -hmm. I absolutely love making things and I'm mm. detail orientated and I can't get enough of it. But it was a struggle for me to make it financially like feasible. Sure. And I just thought I love it. So I still have my sewing machines out. Um, I still do a lot of markets or visit and support mm -hmm. other local crafters. So it's still a big part of my life, um, but it's no longer the main focus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had Gretchen on the show back in episode 40 a while ago now. And so if you want to pop back and listen to more about Gretchen, how on earth she is living in Akita, married to a Zen priest. It's all in that episode. Go back and listen and you'll hear more about these beautiful bento bags that she makes as well. So yeah, a lot going on for you up there. Never a dull moment in Akita, I'm sure. <laughs> Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself for everyone? Thank you. Please. Gretchen, what are you studying, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Tell us about that. Um, well, I'm at, school? Yeah, I'm at Akita International University, mm. which is Koksai Koyo. And it's um, I'm actually studying communications. So about I want to help. Again, we're all in the same boat here, like cross-cultural communications, right? Like how do we really share authentic stories about different cultures and across cultures. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks for asking. So interesting. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Akita International is it university mm -hmm. is, is quite mm -hmm. an international university, right? To have in the middle of Tohoku, right? It's amazing. It's like this gem and it's mm -hmm. actually based in English. So it's actually sort of I don't want to say it's easy. I, I worked a lot harder than I thought I was going to. Um, but um, the the student body is international. The professors are amazing, really amazing. And yeah, here in little Akita, they created this amazing school. Mm. And I, I wanted my kids to go, but they all want to leave Akita. <laughs> and I thought someone has to take advantage of this school. And, you know, I got married young. I had children young and I had this dream of doing, you know, graduate work. And I thought, well, why not? You know, now my children have gotten older. And so it just sort of, even with COVID, you know, I think we all went through this sort of time where things were sort of fallow. And I thought, wow, what if I go back to school? That would be really exciting and really engaging for me. And I'm really proud of Akita. And so I want to be here in Akita. So it just worked out perfectly. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad we asked you about that. Thanks for that question, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I honestly, I couldn't have carried on with, with that in my mind, <laughs> like <laughs> bothering me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Sarah, let's, uh, yeah, tell us about you. Thank you, Jane. Um, thanks for having us again as well. So um, here's a little bit of magic then. So Gretchen is Miura on the Oga Hanto, and I am Furuya on the Miura Hanto. Really? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so I, I live on the Miura Peninsula. Oh, funny. And so I know it's just uh, one of those beautiful mm. coincidences that we love to say, let it be huge and have a little bit of magic about it. So I have been living and working in Japan for 21 years. I'm originally from Liverpool in the UK, studied psychology and biology. And then 10 years ago, we're just coming 
coming up to my 10 year anniversary in October, which is a big, big, uh, a a big milestone that I'm really looking forward to, to marking with some, yeah, business innovation, but we'll talk about that another time perhaps. And um, I'm a life coach an executive coach and a facilitator. I also run uh, clothes swaps. I do one year coaching programs, six month coaching programs. I love working with people long term. Um, I have lots of really interesting corporate clients as well. And um, I run journey programs for companies, for culture change inside companies too. Um, At the moment, I'm working with, what should I say, retail. food clients mm. shall we say and also with luxury brands and it's so much oh, fun nice. working with the luxury brands because I get to do coaching sessions on uh Amortisando you know the kind wow. of the Champs-Élysées of Tokyo mm, 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 mm. <laughs> and being wonderful offices so that really uh makes it make it makes it so fun and so kind of luxurious you know oh, it does yeah and um so yeah I've been living here for 21 years I'm married to a Japanese man uh who's absolutely lovely and I have no children, but I am the eternal auntie of everybody else's children. Mm. So that's one of my big roles, Auntie Sarah. Also run Tokyo's biggest clothes swap. Yes. Is that I love fashion and style, but I also love uh, sustainability, I suppose you'd call it, or conscious consumption. Mm-hmm. And that said, I'm expecting a hat to arrive from Zara today. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> I love swimming. I love the beach. That's why I live down here. And Mm. yeah, so there's a lot of hats that I wear and I just feel a great deal of uh, creative wellspring coming to the fore at the moment Mm. as well, Jane. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. So you can hear more from Sarah in episode 19 and 84. And it's interesting to see a major transition for both of us between those two episodes Mm -hmm. but something that's sort of constant is the clothes swap Mm -hmm. that's been around for a while and they're such good fun and it's great to see them coming back again after the hiatus we've had from COVID yeah you had your first one the other day it was not long ago was it well we had the first one last year in October yeah but it was very very intimate because we had Mm. to be very careful Mm. So that was about 30 people, I think. And then we had another one, which was 50 people in mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. And then we had one in July, which was kind of an emergency one. I was like, I want to have a clothes swap in two weeks time. Can we do it? <laughs> <laughs> and we had about 30 people right. in that one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. coming back. And <clears throat> it's not just a place to, to look for clothes. It's a place yeah. to connect and and catch up with all of those friends that you never normally get to see all in one go. It's a really, really great event. So look out for those coming. Is there one coming again in the next in the near future? Or I'm having a think because I want to do I, I want to do like an interior swap and a book swap as well. Oh, wow. So I'm just I'm thinking about those to keep me kind of interested. Mm. And uh so uh and so the next one, the next clothes swap. December earliest, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you also you also um, spoke at one of my clothes swaps. I, I think did. That's, uh, uh, my you know, first ever. F- yeah. Yeah, so, it was good fun. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that was a while ago. <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, today, why have we got Gretchen and Sarah on the show today? Uh-huh. Well, these two wonderful women have started working together on a great project. So I'll let them tell you all more about it. So, yeah, who wants to lead off? Why are we here today? 
Well, I'll introduce the program briefly, and then Sarah, maybe you could give the origin story because sure. you you're good at weaving stories. Mm. But we run Lighthouse Circle, and mm. that's a grief support community to help people tend to their grief in their own way and at their own pace. But we do it in a holistic, engaging, and really compassionate way. So we find this to be a sacred community that's full of really rich connections and deep, deep compassion. Wow. Yeah. So what does that look like? So do I have to show up and cry? Um, what do oh. you guys do in this? Well, I think that's why we want people to know they can come however they are. You don't mm-hmm. have to fit the bill of what we think a griever looks like. Mm-hmm. So what we try to do, to do is create a spaciousness right? For people just to be who they are and where they are in grief, right? We grief is so complicated, complicated. And depending on who you're grieving or what you're grieving or how long, you know, how much time has passed, you're going to have sort of a different experience. So we sort of just create this very spacious environment for people to come and be who they are. And then of course we create a community. So we're sort of sharing our stories and supporting one another, which is really, really wonderful and lovely because grief can be so lonely and so isolating. Mm. And it's also interesting. I was talking about this with my husband. It's sometimes hard to grieve with people you're already friends with or your family, because you're sort of bound to sort of who you are in that group. And Mm -hmm. so sort of going to a group that almost as anonymous or it's a new space can feel really liberating and you can just really be yourself and say what you want to say, or just listen. Again, you don't have to say a word. You could just be quiet and just sort of take part. Um, So we really just encourage people to come as they are. And we hope we create a spaciousness to be that person and that time that you need to be. And then we have monthly um, Zoom meetings. They're 90 minutes. But then we also have an online component. So we have a lot of content And we can sort of go through this if you're interested, but this online component is sort of like a companion, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can be working on your own. And then we can sort of touch base with how was that or what did you like about that? And so all of this is an offering. You can sort of use it to whatever degree you want. So it's like we're sort of suggesting, you know, how about this or what about this? And then people can say, yeah, this was really helpful for me or, you know, that's not really my thing. And so... The content consists of journaling. So again, Mm -hmm. to sort of write. So we provide questions and sort of just points to sort of jump off of and to get you thinking um, and to get you writing. It's very cathartic to get something out on paper. And we sort of encourage it to be analog, go old school, like get it out, Mm -hmm. write it out. No one has to read it. You can rip it up and burn it. You could save it and reflect on it later, but just to sort of start writing. And then we have ritual prompts. And again, these are wide ranging. So um, we really believe that rituals are sort of these external activities just to get you out of your mind, out of just sort of the normal thinking to sort of usually to honor the person who has died or the experience you're grieving, the loss you're grieving. But it also is just sort of an expression of how you're feeling. So we provide a lot of ideas for rituals. And then we also provide guided meditations and then we uh, provide embodied practices because you we hold our grief in our bodies, right? Mm. And so we really want to honor that. And a lot of times you just need someone to say, hey, maybe take a walk for two minutes. That's it. Like, or mm. dance or stretch or do like um, 
self-massage, you know, so we're just sort of mm-hmm. suggesting all of these things that again, maybe one day you really need the soothing self-massage and another day you have a lot of maybe strong emotions and you need to just really go walking or screaming or dancing. So it's sort of that embodied mm-hmm. element to it. Right. Yeah. And then we have, um, just resources. So then another section of the content is Sarah and I going through topics that we talk about and just offering a lot of links, a lot of activities, a lot of resources. And we, we really want to provide that. So it's like, if you, if you want to know more about something, you can read about it. And a lot of this is sort of scientifically based. So we really honor like the spiritual, the sacred, the magic, but we're also very grounded to this world uh, psychology, science, mm. what works. Sure. So there's sort of this, you know, hopefully non-dualistic approach that we <laughs> yeah. can sort of hold. Yeah, we can mm. hold both. So I sort yeah. of went further into it. Um, but that's how we we really, that's where the holistic and engaging element comes into it. And then everyone can participate in whatever way they want. You know, mm. maybe some people do all of those things. And maybe some people do none of them or just whatever they're needing. And they can also go back. Right. So it's like, once you have access to this information and content, it's yours. So it's like, you might in three months go back and that's happened quite a bit. It's like, wait, maybe I want to go back to that ritual that I read about, but now I'm wanting to participate and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we follow six main themes Right. So, and again, we talk a lot about that. There's no stages that you have to go through. There's no order. There's no linear way to grieve, but we still have themes just to sort of give us some guidance. Mm -hmm. So the first theme would be witnessing grief. The second theme is resourcing um, and taking refuge, which is really about caring for yourself as the griever. Mm -hmm. And then the third theme is dealing with difficult emotions, um, which is always like understatement of the year, when you're <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, but we want to, again, like we want to say like, you're going to have these strong emotions and here are some ways to be with those emotions, mm. right. To sort of tend to yeah. them, handle them and be kind to yourself, you know, like you're going to have, and you're going to have really, um, confronting emotions is quite shocking how strong some of the emotions can be and upsetting they can be. And then the fourth theme is secondary loss because we talk about how there's maybe one loss that you're grieving, but there's all these ripple effects and you, you really Mm. want to take time to say, how is this impacting my life in sort of Mm. these unexpected ways? And then how can we tend to that and resource and care for ourselves? And then we move into redefining the relationship because there still is a relationship, you know, this person has died, but they're still part of who you are. And we really want to honor that. And then the last theme is integrating grief. And it's sort of how do you carry this grief with you? How does it become part of who you are going forward? So it's sort of the opposite of what I was raised with, which is like, it's over closure, shut the door, shut it in a box. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like shut it it as you can down. It's more like, this is not part of who I am. And how can I honor it? And how can I honor the person or the thing, the relationship that I'm grieving and uh, integrate it, you know, into my life. So that's a very brief overview. And I would love for Sarah to jump in now. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for yeah. jumping right to the, the right into <laughs> it, because I'm, 
But now I understand, you know, what, what it's all mm. about. And you, you've given me a lot to think about already. Yeah, Sarah, what would you like to add there? Thanks, Gretchen. That's absolutely beautifully put there. And I, I just want to add a bit of texture to that as well. So it was very, very deliberately put together. Gretchen has put together all this content and I'm kind of like the container to hold it all, if you like. So I bring my kind of coaching smarts. My business is based around science, psychology and spirit or story or magic or supernatural or whatever you want to call it. And we really hit on all of those, those places there. It's really, really important to me. But that 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 kind of that flow is was so important. And we even kind of tweaked things, moved the, I think this one should go here and that one should go there. Because you can't just jump in and say, right, invite your dead person into the into the emotional field. <laughs> yeah. It's just too much, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm just throwing a little bit of humor in there just to to lighten the the topic up a bit. But um you know, one of the things that so so it's very and I just was saying like that those dealing with difficult emotions as well. I mean, we might think that it's upsetting. And you mentioned like, do I have to sit around and cry? Oh no, rage, fury, mm. um, self-loathing, disgust, all these things end up coming out. And what Gretchen and I have, I think, is this really amazing way of holding that for people. So I'm a trained coach and I have a background in psychology and stuff like that. So my job is very, very often to hold people's difficult emotions, mm -hmm. even if they're directed at me. So just being able to actually hold that very, 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 very gently and lightly and consistently. Um, how can I say just and, and there's this kind of alchemy between Gretchen and I, I think that would is a is a good word to use where we can both hold that really really intentionally and very tenderly but also very fiercely very um rigidly if you like that we know our job there mm. right we know what our job is and we know what our job is together and somehow we're able to 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 hold all of that and 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 see it as it's coming up and one of the things that that attracted me to start doing this with Gretchen it's really hard to remember the origin story in some way because it just it's like it's here now and it seemed very mm. natural right mm. Gretchen it felt yeah. very kind of organic and natural mm. but it wasn't of course because we're both professional adults <laughs> but it was organic as well so you know having a coaching practice and for the last let's say 15 years I've been coaching people and then for the last 10 years in my own business and then for the last five or six years I've had this one-year program of course a lot of people's close people like there's it, mm -hmm. people die right mm -hmm. during my coaching practice and not only that but there's also untended to um historical losses yes. that keep coming up or that I started recognizing, wait, this feels like grief. So I'm then able mm. to name it as a coach. So I started researching, 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 because a lot of my clients who tend to be, you know, not a similar age to me, but somewhere around my age. So that means that people are passing away yeah. because it's just the natural course of life. And so I started researching and researching and researching and listening to podcasts about it because I felt as a coach that I needed to be well prepared for that and, and just to be able to speak a bit to it. And um, I think one year, five clients lost their parents in one year. Mm. So I, I really had to learn how to hold that and what that yeah. meant to them. And I noticed that there were certain things like they were going to do something and then they decided not to, or 
they called me 20 minutes after they'd found out because they just couldn't, they didn't know what to do next. They were in that kind of blind grief. And so then I don't coach. I just go, number one, do this. Number two, do this. Number three, do this kind of thing. Mm. And one of the clients with whom, and I have um, contracted with Gretchen that she's allowed, that I'm allowed to say this was that one day when Gretchen and I went on a coaching call together, she disclosed to me that 40 years, I've got goosebumps now thinking about this 40 years earlier, her brother had died very suddenly in a car accident when she was five. And that just opened the floodgates to this whole conversation that just came out onto the table. And then I invited Gretchen to be on my podcast, the legends podcast to talk about her life. But all we talked about was her brother. Mm. And during that con during that conversation somewhere, I don't know, something happened where we were like, we should do something with this. I knew she was a mindfulness coach. She's incredibly professional, fierce, um, um, but so gentle and tender as well. And I just felt we'd be a really good combination together or she did, I don't know where that came from. So that's kind of where this this was born from was this Mm. kind of like, I feel people need this. She also lives on a Zen temple, right? So anybody who's a priest in in any religion uh, or, you know, or a um, imam or or any any person in that kind of authority position will be tending to grief on a daily basis, doing funerals, doing uh, rites, doing all that kind of stuff. And so there's just this extra layer of her family holding people in in their daily lives. And of course, death and loss and grief and ritual being part of that. And that just brings this incredible texture that keeps unfolding for me as well to this whole experience. And I'd love Gretchen to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, In fact, Kendo, Gretchen's husband, um, chants for my person who I brought Mm. into the grief circle with me. And when we say um, Jane, that no no loss is too much or too little. We really do mean that, or too long. Like you know, yeah, they think, oh, ago, you know, it's yeah. been ten years mm. or it's been twenty years. Right. It's like it doesn't matter. Forty mm. years for Gretchen, you know, we're yeah. still tending to that together. I mean, there's so much interesting stuff. So my my person actually died um, very dramatically, suddenly and publicly uh, on September 11th, 2001. And right. so this all happened during the 20 year anniversary. So f- to my surprise, this from a feeling I've never felt before, this deep well of grief arrived. And wow. I spent a month watching video after video after video, really obsessively about that whole thing. Because of course it was all coming into YouTube at the time. But then going through this program, I understood this is what I need to do right now to process this. Mm. And I was able to talk to Gretchen about it. And then another very live thing that happened was um, um, that Gretchen also, Gretchen's family also suffered a great loss during the program. So we were actually able to process that with the with the group. Mm. So I'm going to hand over to Gretchen now to pick up any of what she wants to from that. Or you, Jane, it's up to you. Yeah, Gretchen, tell us more about how you do this from your unique position where you are in, you know, living in a Zen temple surrounded by this culture of observing grief and processing grief in a Japanese way, potentially. Yeah. And also your own story of how, yeah, as Sarah said, things pop up. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think 
we all live in Japan, so we've all experienced this culture of honoring ancestors. And we're currently in Obon, which is the Buddhist holiday of welcoming your ancestors home. So I think we all have somewhat different experience, perhaps, than what we grew up with. And then, of course, I'm at the temple, so I am quite directly involved in a lot of that. So it has impacted me very profoundly, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think even Sarah and I talked about this, like, I think I was drawn to it. I think I was needing some healing, like I needed to be around a place where I was honoring death and 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 also helping people. Like, I do feel like it's a calling for me. Um, sort of getting that directly and FBGs. How about you? FBGs. <laughs> You're getting some FBGs. FBGs. <laughs> what, what's FBGs, Jane? Full body goosebumps, right? I've adopted that term from you. <laughs> As Sarah mentioned, I had a brother who died, and I was just completely um, unable to really grieve or process that death. So I think people who have unprocessed loss like that, it just sort of follows you. It just follows you and sort of informs you. And I've mentioned this, I've talked at great length about it, so I won't go too in detail, but I felt very untethered, you know, like trying to find that missing puzzle piece. And I finally started to deal with that. Um, And it was a very slow process, I would say about five years of really tending to that grief before I was able to understand it and integrate it um, into my life. And I would say for me, the integration is working with Sarah and offering this program of saying, yeah, I want to be here for other people, whatever your loss is. Um, And it could take 40 years. It doesn't. And and really the integration for me is also honoring my brother because so much of it was just sort of not talking about it or not thinking about it or not sharing stories. And I really want him to be part of my life and part of my children's lives. And I want to put pictures of him up. And so it's the integration feels really beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. And then sort of, you know, in a way, not surprising, I'm at his end temple, because I felt that, you know, when you're looking for something, you don't really know what it is, type of feeling. Um, And so of course, in some ways, when I first came to Japan, there was sort of a little bit of a like, wow, these temples only focus on death and funerals, and it felt sort of heavy and dark. And I think there is somewhat of that image around temples. And that's actually why I was like, let's do mindfulness, let's do meditation. It's so important. And it is, it's a, it's a foundational part of Zen. So my mm. husband is a Soto Shu Zen priest, if anyone is curious, there's different types of Buddhism in Japan. Mm. And it focuses on Zazen, which is meditation, which is really beautiful. Um, and it is a part of our program. Um, again, an offering to people if they're interested in it. But I would say in the last like eight to 10 years, I've really started to appreciate how special all of these sort of death rituals, funerals, Mm. Um, memorials are for people. Like, again, Mm. it's similar to, we're going to probably repeat some of the same terminology, but it's sort of creating space for people to grieve and to sort of have this sort of rhythmic sense to their lives that sort of holds some space for that. And so right now we're in Obon, which is the Buddhist ceremony that you go home and you spend time with your family and then you would go to your ancestral grave. So whoever that maybe your grandparents or more recent death, you go to the graves is called Ohaka Mighty. You go there and you clean it ahead of time. And then you add the flowers and you add offerings. Um, and then you go to the temple 
And maybe if your temple has um, our temple, I can at least speak to our temple has a big hall, the Kaisando, and inside it, you have like a little mini Butsudan, which is the Buddha altar. And then you open that up. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's the other thing is, is I have this very singular experience at this temple in this place. So I don't think it's everywhere, but we have a very big hall and each member, each member is one family. So one member would be like the Miura family and it could be 30 people. Right. So you come and it'll be like a, a large group of people. And then they open their little altar that they probably have at their own home as well. It's called a Butsudan, mm. as I mentioned, um, particularly in these rural areas, it's still very part of the um, culture. And then you set up incense for a nice smell. You set up food, which is an offering to your ancestors. Um, it can be any type of food. It's usually fruit or rice. If they drank, you, you know, it's very common to see a little sake or beer mm-hmm. and water and you pray to them. And then my husband or my sons also visit the members' homes and do a longer, it's a sutra, they, they chant for the ancestors. So um, we're right at the end of Obon here in Japan. Mm-hmm. So um, as Sarah mentioned, during the first lighthouse circle. And I should also mention that it's a six month long program because even that's probably too short. Like we really wanted there to be a spaciousness of like, you know, we're here. It's not going to like rush or anything. My brother-in-law, my husband's brother died last Mm. October. And um, similar to Sarah, because I'd already really processed my brother's grief at this point. And I was, but I was so grateful to have this space to sort of, I remember thinking, I'm so glad I have Lighthouse Circle, that there's people right. who I can share this experience with. And even though Sarah and I are the people there to hold the space and be the containers, it was really comforting to me. And again, to sort of talk to people that maybe aren't in my normal daily orbit to be like, wow, that was really intense. I just experienced something really hard or talk about things that were hard for me as sort of like the supporting, you know, trying to support my husband and not trying to burden him because he's <laughs> lost his brother, you know, yeah. and doing the funeral and taking care of the entire community oh and family. Oh my God, he had to do the funeral. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But actually him doing the funeral was so beautiful. Like, sure going through that process and really experiencing Mm. again, all of these rituals and seeing my husband and sons really take the lead on it. I mean, I, there's a very famous sutra. It's called the heart sutra. It's quite famous. And after the person dies, pretty much every seven days you gather at the altar and you chant Um, in Buddhism, you do that for seven weeks. And then on the 49th day, there's somewhat of a belief that they've reached the afterlife. Um, again, depending on the sect of Buddhism, but that's mm. quite standard. So every seventh day we would gather and chant. And the first seventh day, you know, after the funeral, after the cremation, you know, it's quite mm. intense. Mm-hmm. And we sat there and we chanted the Heart Sutra. And the Heart Sutra is very, <laughs> very high level, like esoteric. I mean, it's like, people have wrestled and loved the sutra for thousands of years. Like it's, it's just so abstract and beautiful and pure. And so it's just very untouchable and it's talking about reaching the other shore. Mm-hmm. And there's a very famous yeah. line in it saying form is emptiness and emptiness is form. It's like one of these riddles, like, what does that mean? And I've, <laughs> yeah. I, I've known the sutra for a very long time. 
And we were chanting and my husband and I were the first row. And then behind me were my children and actually we're chanting it in Japanese, but it's originally in Sanskrit. And then the last line is um, sort of the original Sanskrit. So I can't really chant that well in Japanese, but I was listening and my sons and daughters were chanting so beautifully this heart sutra talking about reaching the other side right? The other side. And it was such a, like a transformative moment. It was Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And I thought, now I think I'm starting to understand what this sutra is, right? Like, and you can't know it until you're in it, you know, and I can't articulate it until, and it was just this beautiful. And again, we, we say this in our group, like for me to hear my children chant so genuinely, Mm. Mm such a gift to me. Right. And you get that, you get that resource, you get that. And we do that too, in our own lighthouse circle. It's like what other people say resources, other people, right. Sarah, you've talked a lot about that. Like we're, we're sort of that, that sense of community and like, we're here for one another and what I'm saying might resonate. And I can take some of that for myself, you know, cause I need to be resourced right now. Um, so there's a lot to say on that and my brother, and even now the, it's his first Obon. So there's all these special rituals. This is the first Obon we're going through since his death. So it's a little bit more of a, a somber mood than usual, Mm. you know, but there's so many little beautiful details, but in general, I just find it very beautiful that this collective society has said, we need to really honor our ancestors and give ourselves some time, some sort of quiet time to reflect love that love that yeah and I I love it and I've grown to really appreciate it and value it in my own life I'd Um, love to add to that actually because this collective society thing I was just writing as you were speaking there that that part of what what you bring to the table and what we bring to the table and what we recognized was a big gap for a lot mm-hmm, of people mm-hmm. was the sense of being in communion with people That's it. That's and being it. in community and really honoring this stuff at the deepest, deepest level. So it's like you're in communion with your ancestors or with the person you've lost, you know, so ancestor is a really kind of, it's a very Japanese word or an indigenous word, but like we've kind of brought it back in. I think, um, you know, a lot of Western culture has kind of lost this sense mm-hmm. of connection and community and collective way of grieving together and and made it quite sterile in a way unless you're an Irish Catholic or perhaps uh, a um, Muslim or uh, perhaps some 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 elements of Judaism as well but certainly in a lot of places there's this huge gap there and and we wanted to make that space here so we want to be really clear we're not making a religion here (laughs) we are constantly checking in with one another and that's another thing that I wanted to be bring to the table here is that Gretchen and I are in constant communion with one another as well so between sessions if you think about it we are holding a lot of a lot of story a lot of grief a lot of emotion for people like she says like she's also holding her own stuff um and so you know with with her uh with her her brother which has largely been processed or with her brother-in-law my auntie passed away during the time as well so my mum's best mate passed away Mm -hmm. during the the circle as well so we were able to speak to that and bring that to the table too but we we process that by there's two things we do number one we stay on the line after the group sessions together and talk to one another about what happened not like so and so said this so and so said that do you think so and so is okay and things like that but what what I mean is just like oh how did we 
how did we hold that how are you what's mm. going on for you and you know and as a result then you know Gretchen's able to process some I mean there are some comedy stories that come out of this as well like Gretchen was quite surprised at some of her reactions mm. uh, to you know um and when we talk about dealing with dip difficult emotions it can be things like jealousy annoyance um mm. feeling neglected all these kinds of things right. are coming through and but we're able to she's able to just go it's just grief it's just good to honest grief coming up and then you can see it name it and it's so useful in that way mm. i just love that something i really um uh enjoyed about the or, or i found curious interesting about being in this grief circle but also um there was another beautiful story about ancestors ancestors showing up um which is Gretchen, I don't know. I'm going to try and tell this story a little bit now. And that was the story about you had been raised to. Do you mind if I mention your brother's name? Oh, sure. Yeah. Christopher. Mm. So you'd mentioned that when you were little, it's that sense of like the way that everybody deals with it and deals with you and your baby grief is like you were too young. You didn't mm. really understand what was going mm. on. It was so it just gets pushed down and pushed down. But then, of course, it keeps oops, spiking out here and there and everywhere. But so you'd also taken on that story to some degree. Tell me where I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And you were walking behind one of your sons holding your daughter's hand. Right. And the gap between those two was the same. Oh my mm -hmm. God, I've got FBGs again. Mm -hmm. And that to me is again, the ancestors entering the system. We call it the system and the system is intelligent and creative and has everything we need. And every voice is the voice of the system, which is what Gretchen mentioned before. And um, it made you have an epiphany like, oh my God, my daughter, five-year-old daughter has a very tight relationship with mm -hmm. her 17 year old mm -hmm. son. Right. That's me and Christopher. Yep. And that was another one of those things that brought your grief out in front of you and you were able to start to tend to it. I don't know if I've given mm -hmm. that the honor it deserves. No, that's exactly it. It's exactly it. And it was such, I mean, we've talked about it too. It felt almost like something opened up, something cracked yeah. open for me that had been so like, you know, I was going to use the word katai. What's the word for katai? Like just sort of. <laughs> riddle and it opened up and it was like this sense of like really loving my brother and him loving me and feeling like you're in the flow of that right mm -hmm. and knowing that even though he's died that energy and that flow is still there right like we can tap into that at any time even if yeah 40 years mm -hmm. have passed so yeah that's sort of my story is I felt like um I had been told and I'd sort of adopted that story of well I was too young mm -hmm. to to, to know, to remember him, to, to, you know, kids are resilient. They get over it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I had sort of tended to these little memories my whole life, like these like fragile, like fragments, like protecting them because I was so afraid I would lose those few real memories I had with him. And then when I started to really process it, I thought, you don't need to be afraid. There's this eternal bond with this brother who there's real love and connection. Mm. So that was very significant. And then um, back to sort of a practical element of our program that I love so much too, is like, we have these monthly calls, right? And again, we're sort of just holding the space and we do have a flow to the call. There's a guy. Oh yeah. 
education and there's an activity and we sort of go over these themes that I had mentioned before, but then there's a lot of just open engagement. Um, and then after the call, we sort of talk like what, what was emerging and what needs to be honored. And then we'll do a follow-up email sort of saying, Hey, this is what emerged in this community setting. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then sort of, sort of dig into that a little bit. So that's where that sort of engaging element is like, we're not, we're sort of holding space, but whatever comes up in the community comes up in the community. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of let that be the guide to say, Hey, this is really emerging right now. Let's follow this. And then as Sarah mentioned before, like we share a lot of our own stories to sort of destigmatize. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of jealousy after my brother-in-law died and it was really embarrassing mm-hmm. and funny because I felt like overlooked typical things, you know, and like, right. and so I was able just to share that in the safety of that community, but also like, you might be a little hesitant to say that to a group of people, or you feel ashamed of it, right? It was a little shameful. But it just is what it is. That's what I was feeling. And I also was able just to sort of say, hey, this is these are some of these really sort of ugly emotions that are coming up for me right now, even though 80 percent of me is really like, okay with everything. There's sort of these little little bad emotions that are coming up. So, yeah, we share a lot of our stories up front just to say, hey, we're messy. We're complicated. (laughs) This is not, you know, like it's okay to have these. What's emerging from this conversation for me, Gretchen, as well, is how, and I don't think we knew consciously we were doing this at the time, but now I realize we are, is that because this is such a a sensitive, tender subject that's so physical and so psychological and so spiritual that we need to keep touching throughout the month. So it's not like rock up, have your call, and now we're done. Mm -hmm. We need, so we check in after, after the call, then Gretchen crafts the email to send out, but then we also book in a call before the next call to set everybody up. So there's no surprises and we record it. So it might be about an hour call Mm -hmm. where she and I talk about what we've been processing that week. Uh, just the two of us Mm -hmm. and then that's available to the group as part of the content so they're able to watch it they know what's coming next so it'll be like so what's been going on for you this uh oh we observed in the last call this 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 and there's no details Mm -hmm. and then um we observed and then what's been happening for you so it could be like oh my my auntie died or my brother-in-law died and then you know we invite each other and question each other about that and so it's in real time as well so it's like are you okay yeah and then we have all this stuff come out onto the table but then we go okay so let's talk about the next call and then we go through what's going to happen what the content is and what's Mm -hmm. coming next so that everybody's just kind of equipped and well set up for for the for what's coming next and um you know, it's just so different every time. And it's very surprising what comes out in the calls as well. So somebody might be like, let's just take your example for, uh, you know, my 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 father passed away X years ago. And you're like, okay, I think I'm going to go to honor my father. And then suddenly you'll be like, I thought I was here to honor my father, but actually it's the old lady who used to live next door to us who I really mm-hmm. miss and I never realized. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. like, great. <laughs> or it's actually my dog. Or yeah. something, you know, nice. and um, or it could even be something that happened before. So this is not an actual real example, but it's adjacent to a real mm. example is it could be um, my mum lost a baby before I was born and I'm feeling the grief of that. And it's right. like, OK, and we have all like we have space for 
all of that, or it could be a friend, or it could be somebody who's very close to you. I mean, some people are just absolutely bereft. But mm. then there's also those kind of secondary losses that come out of that, that both Gretchen and I can tend to in our different ways, me in a very sensitive coaching style and her in a mindfulness style of like, just like, for example, it could be like, I, I hated the way my wife dealt with my grief when my parent passed away and that's a secondary grief oh, okay you feel yeah. like you weren't mm -hmm. looked after or you know or you know that maybe all at once you had something happen or it could be ancestral grief I have a lot of kind of ancestral grief mm -hmm. in my system in that um I don't mind disclosing this but we talked about this quite extensively Gretchen and I is my granddad my mum's dad died when I was six months inside her tummy so my mum was six months pregnant with me right. when my granddad died. Mm -hmm. So I was there for all of that. And whatever kind of physical oh, yeah. influence that has on my body mm -hmm. or spiritual influence, we'll never know that. But, you know, um, or, you know, yeah. and how that affects my psychology and hers and all that whole dynamic. It's just very interesting. And we have literally no judgment there's no grief olympics as um uh, julia yes. well that's what julia samuel yeah. calls it uh who wrote uh, mm. grief works mm. and it's also uh something that they talk about in Griefcast, the podcast about grief mm. and uh so there's no hierarchy of grief right so uh, okay brackets yes there is right <laughs> so i'm not under any illusion that me mm. losing my childhood auntie is the same as somebody losing their child, right? Sure. On the other hand, we hold, all, but but your body doesn't know that, right? Yeah. So we hold all of that um, very, we hold, we try and hold all of it, I think. We, we align with each other and we align with the group every week that we hold all of it. Anything that comes through is, and everything that comes through is useful to everybody. Mm -hmm. That's it. So every voice is the voice of the system and every like every story is useful to everybody, mm -hmm. you know, so you can see the kind of boop, antenna go up or people get extremely upset sometimes. And there's just a lot of emotion. And we just invite people to silently hold that as well. So there's this. um there's this tendency, I think, to want to talk things through and ask questions and heal people and all this kind of stuff. But sometimes it's just like. Mm -hmm. I set it up very deliberately. W would you mind sitting quietly and holding all this? If you need to leave the call, please do. But would you mind if we just sit here and hold what's happening now with us silently, but deliberately and just until it, until it plays out in whoever's feeling that strong emotion or whatever. And then when we feel the shift in the emotional field, you can see it, you can feel yeah, it. You know? yeah. mm. Then we can say, okay, Thank you, everybody. And go and and then like and and there's no space for that usually. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of the temple and that's the beauty of Japanese life is that, or maybe Buddhist life, but certainly Japanese life is honoring the mm -hmm. and respecting, and I mean really deliberate silence. I don't mean, you know, mm -hmm. uh, meme about introversion or extroversion or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean really textured holding of mm -hmm. silence that has a form mm -hmm. does that make sense Gretch well that's like the meta we do so we ah. do this loving kindness um meta at the end of each call and it's 
sending this intentional energy to one another, this loving kindness, right? Mm -hmm. And so when somebody, so we're building this, we're building this over this time. And then if somebody's really struggling and really suffering, we can sit back and say, let's hold this person with like deep reverence and mm -hmm. deep in deep silence. And I feel like we're drawing from that well of metta, that, that well of loving kindness. And that person can just feel held, can feel held and say like, I'm being held right now by this community. And it's very powerful. And we don't know when it's going to come up. It may never mm. come up and it may come up unexpectedly. So it's again, very just sort of organic and allowed, but we sort of have built that with one another that people know that they could be held. And I agree with you hundred percent, like so much of what we talk about could be cheapened, right? When you hear, oh, oh yeah, or, you know, but this is a real community. And that's exactly what you touched on before, Sarah, is like, we don't have that anymore yeah. in sort of, let's say modern fast paced life. You know, we mm -hmm. just don't have these, these communities where you can really slow down and be yourself and be held or hold people to really hold somebody is a real honor to say, I'm mm. here for you. And I'm going to hold this moment for you really graciously. Cause I know you're suffering. Um, and I, and, and so Meta is like a sense of compassion. And so we do, we sort of weave these things into it to sort of say, we're really here for one another and it's not religious. Some of the terminology mindfulness or Meta, that would probably be the most, um, uh, you know, s somewhat religious terminology, yeah. but there's no dogma attached to it. There's no, no belief system attached no. to it, like love and compassion yeah. and yeah. being mindful is, um, you know, not dogmatic in any sense. One and of as Sarah mentioned, <laughs> yeah. One, one of Gretchen's um, phrases, no mystical nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but it's like no mystical nonsense, but yes to mysticism, but yes, no mystical exactly. nonsense. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, um, we want to be very clear that neither of us is a guru or, uh, or like there's no exit cost. It's uh, it's it's free. There's no like you don't have to buy into us. Like everything is optional, and I think yeah. you know you'll remember. I always say everything's an invitation and offer and a proposal. It's like, um, you know, it, it's it's um, yeah. You don't have you don't have to buy into us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not we, the we have, Gretchen we show have this, a... this this yeah. this stuff is on the table for mm -hmm. you, and yes, Aww. we do touch on the we do touch on that what I call story, supernatural, whatever you want. We do touch on that, that stuff you can't see. Yeah. Like, but, but, um, and, and if you want to take that, then, then that's fine. But we also touch the other places as well. So, uh, sorry, Gretchen, back to you. I just love that. No mystical, not, we just recently did a SWOT analysis, right? So we also are just like business people. She's like, yeah. I've done a SWOT analysis and one of the, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> no, one of the threats was mystical nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. So again, you see, there's still room for all the again, we everything's welcome here. The humor is welcome. Yeah. The mm -hmm. the you know, the humor in shame, the 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 humor in all that, you know, all that all that good stuff. It, it's we 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 have to be expansive and I think you mentioned mm -hmm. non-dual before because there's such again this kind of idea it has to be A or B, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. way or that way, black mm -hmm. or white. Are you in or are you out? Do you believe in God or not? Kind of thing. It's like 
there's there's just so I mean this is part of my practice as well as work pushing edges out so we're not always in this kind of narrow band of 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 what things ought to be like Mm -hmm. and I think that Gretchen does this beautifully as well in this kind of world of 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 grief and and grieving and 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 for want of a better word spirituality although that's been co-opted quite a lot recently Mm -hmm. as well what do you think, Gretchen? Oh well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that the that sense of spiritual bypassing. Oh God, uh, yeah. You know where spiritual it's like, bypassing. Oh, well, Not it's that. sort of like you're using spiritual terminology to bypass the nitty gritty, right? Like you know when oh, that that's another thing is like you let's say someone dies and people are like, well, she's in a better place. It's like oh, that does not help me mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> oh yeah. You or, know, and, or your kid dies and somebody says, oh, it's what your soul needed to learn. Yeah. Oh. That's, oh, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Or, yeah. you know, manifesting and all, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff where it's like it's 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 by it's something to do with you not doing something right in the spiritual world. Or there's some benefit to you when you feel like absolute shit. Mm-hmm. And we are very clear with each other that that's not what we're doing here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't you can say oh they're in a better place you might even believe it but you can't go from a to b without the real grieving process right Mm -hmm. so even if that is what you believe in the end if you really Mm -hmm. think oh they they are at peace i mean right like that's so much of but it's like you have to get there and it's going to be a really difficult terrible road and we want to be there as again Mm -hmm. that's the whole lighthouse as like sort of these little posts saying you're okay we're here you know, like we're stable, we're here for you. So even though it's going to be really, really difficult, because if you bypass that, right, if you just mm. sort of say, oh, they're at a better place or everything, I, I got to move on with my life and I'm not going to deal with this messy in between place. You really haven't been able to, again, process that or integrate it. And it really comes up in your life in ways that you don't even know. Oh, right. Yeah. So I think um, that, that notion of and so many people don't know what to say in grief. And a lot of them are like 90% of them are really well-intended. I've probably yeah. said the wrong thing to someone who's. Oh yeah. Me person. too. All the time. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we try to be generous with that, but sometimes oh, yeah. it's really hurtful. You know, it's yeah. like, wait, I'm grieving. This is hard. This isn't, um, or like, well, at least this, or at least that, like sort of the, the minimizing or put a silver line. No, somebody I love has died and I need to honor it. I need mm, to tend yeah. to this. Um, and also, I think that there's 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 a tech there is techniques as well. So again, in that non-dual area is like also sometimes you are going to have to pack it in on a day when you've got to do a presentation for the right. board of directors, or when you've got to rock up to the PTA, or when you've got to go shopping for something, and you don't just want to be processing during that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, you always are. There does have to be some techniques to kind of write today. I'm going to just lock it all in. Right, Gretchen, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it's not like we're saying you've just got to be processing this and be walking around like with all of this hanging out all the time. We do get that there's necessity to show up in a certain way in certain spaces. I suppose it's what the Japanese might call tatemai or mm-hmm. time, place, mm-hmm. occasion or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that kind of non-dual way of looking and everything on the scale. Right. So maybe you do need to just say, I just need to take 10 minutes do you mind and people will understand that maybe you've lost somebody recently or something like that but at the same time yeah 
so sorry back to you Gretchen I just wanted to make really clear there like the coach in me was like and you have to do things in the in consensus reality sometimes as well yeah I think that's the we use the word resourcing oh yes yes um again we didn't want to use the word like self-care because it's no. so co-opted like you're not taking a bubble bath <laughs> yeah. and getting a massage yeah. but it's like <laughs> And and so many people also don't bad allow bad. themselves the time to be like, what do I need right now? Right. And and to so we with the the theme of resourcing, it's like turning the lens onto yourself and saying, What am I needing right now? Am I am I eating well? Am I sleeping well? Have I, you know, and again, depending where you are in grief and what you are grieving, it's gonna look wildly different. But just sort of giving yourself the um the time to say, how am I doing? And then what am I needing? Right? Like, what do I need right now? And that is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And this program too, is like, you know, when people say like, oh, I want to lose weight, what do you do? You diet and you exercise, but doing it is hard and having this support system to do it. Right. So it's like, take care of yourself. People say, but how, how, how do I do that when I can barely put on a sock in the morning, you know, or brush yeah. my teeth? I'm so <laughs> like you said, bereaved right now is impossible. So we try to create very concrete ways, again, to sort of balance out some of the really deep spiritual searching to sort of also be like, well, how, how do I get through this day? Mm -hmm. And how can I resource myself? Can I, um, because people are like, oh, let me know if you need anything. Like people really want to help, but it's hard to be like, I actually need you to do everything, do my laundry, like do all, you know, it's like, so yeah. we, we tried to say like, what are we, what are you needing right now in your grief? And mm-hmm. is there any yeah. concrete small way to handle that? And to what Sarah was saying before, it could be like, you know what, I've got to go to work. So I've got to just deal with it and not think of the grief right now. I'm going to set it aside. So I'm going right. to allow myself to deal with that on this day. Right. Yes. Or yeah. So, much better, that, much better put than my, when, the way I said it. And it could be that you <laughs> buy cut fruit or you go to Origin yeah. Bento every night or you've call in Pizza Lar every, mm-hmm. uh, t- mm. twice a week. And that could be what being resourced is all about in the yeah, group. Not- well, of course, there's lots of different ideas. And I also just be, be, before I let you come back in again, is like we resource in the program itself, we resource people and then the next the next unit is dealing with difficult emotions. Right. Now that's how Gretchen set it up inside the the grief, inside the lighthouse circle, but it's also reflecting real life. Resource yourself so you can deal with this stuff. Make Mm. sure you are well resourced so you can deal with this. Because if you are running yourself on empty, you're going to end up making mistakes. Your grief is going to keep going out in different ways you know maybe you're just getting hammered all the time or you're being really rude or outrageous towards people or you're just you're just in so much pain you can't handle it all these difficult emotions are coming up and stuff like that as well I mean that's a very extreme example um and um so so making sure you're it says resourcing and taking refuge and then difficult emotions it's 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 totally related and I just mm. love how how Gretchen really mindfully put that together and I'm putting it together in the larger picture of like mm-hmm. in my with my clients then I can see make sure that they're resourced like you know if you're not resourced in your daily life then mistakes will be made things will happen it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's a very humane and human way of looking at things 
Yeah, yeah and we I got very be, excited then. Yeah, no, because <laughs> we want to be compassionate, but some of the resourcing is very mundane, right? Yes. Or it could be like, I'm going to watch Netflix right now and not think about this, right? Like, I just, I can't deal with this. Of course, you might have what they call grief burst where you have no control. You're just yes. completely overwhelmed by the grief. So yes, you funny. don't have an illusion that you're in control of your grief at all times, but there are ways to resource and say, you know what? I need a break. I need to step back. I need to just turn on Netflix and relax for a little bit. And that was something that I shared, like after my brother-in-law died, it was so busy because we actually were the grievers and the people running the funeral and as the wife of a priest. And I was again, very honored to have that role. And I've lived here long enough that I felt like I was able to navigate it. And I had incredible support with my children because they're older now. And so it was very meaningful for me, but I got to the point where I was really like not doing okay. And then I was like, I just need to take care of myself. And I really struggle with that, like taking care of ourselves. And I was just allowed, I was like, Keno, I know you've lost your brother, but I, I've lost a brother-in-law and I need some support too, you know, and I've been, and, and just being able to sort of take that moment to say, this is what I need right now. I need to go to bed early and I need a little massage and I need a cup of tea. It's so small but it's so significant. And I think we don't give ourselves space for that. Or we just say, take care of yourself or call me if you need me. It's just too abstract. Yeah. So again, we try to balance like very um, concrete, manageable, bite-sized ways of like, what would self-care look like right now? What would resourcing look like right now? And it might look different tomorrow. Um, but that's a big part of it, right? Taking care of ourselves in a very concrete, small, immediate, useful way. Um, so we want, yeah, we want people to feel, and they, I realized Jane, we've completely gone over time. <laughs> Oh my no, God, no, I know, I'm like, time, well, I'm, 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 we are not done yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> but maybe. Oh, um, you guys finish up, we'll see you later, no, no. No, no, I've just been going, <laughs> I've just been going on my own little journey over here, you see me there, like because... processing a few things yeah. while you were talking, having a few memories and stuff, so Aww. thank you for that, yeah. So no. welcome, I feel like we're kind of coming to a natural end though, Gretchen, what do you think? Yeah. Would well, you, Jane, yeah, I mean, Jane, you, how I would you feel of if if Gretchen finishes on a meta, or what questions do you have? Do you want to pull? I just had a couple. Out? Yeah, I'd love to finish on a meta. Okay. Let's go to that. But before that, I just had a couple of questions, and one of them was, "What do you say to the person who's like, this sounds great, but I'm resisting? Something about me is resisting joining this. It's like I don't want to." open the box or lift off the lid that I've so tightly packed down over these years, potentially. Um, yeah, I'm seeing this great life house grief circle. It's exactly what I need, but I don't, something is stopping me from joining you. Um, okay. What would you say to that person? Okay. I've I got really, two things no, Yeah. Resistance say. coming yeah, up. Really. <laughs> I've got two things. Number yeah. one, on a very, on a kind of more spiritual level, I would be, I'd say don't. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah just please don't say, don't yeah. don't don't make the obligate feeling of obligation to join mm-hmm. this be another piece mm-hmm. of shit in your shit sandwich right <laughs> 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 what elizabeth gilbert calls a shit, shit sandwich no matter what choice you take mm-hmm. uh there's always going to be some shit in your sandwich right <laughs> so how, yeah. anyway what yeah. flavor do you want sorry if yeah. that's a, a bit, bit crass but it's like 
you know, it's a great coaching tone of thinking about. It. So don't don't make this another thing you're beating yourself up about. Let me give you the clean version so you can edit that out if you want to. Um, don't make not doing the lighthouse circle be another emotional stick to beat yourself with or spiritual stick to beat mm-hmm. yourself with. We're here. We're fine. And then on a very practical front, I'd say we have an evergreen program, which is extremely reasonably priced. Um, and you can go over there and have unlimited access to it. You pay once. It's all there. All the stuff we do is there without the group, without the um, live calls, without the the um, uh, conversations between me and Gretchen every month. It's all in there. So go over there. And a couple of people have done this already. Have a little play in there. Find out how you feel about it. Go through the stuff. And then if you feel like you want to, you want that community, that actual live community, fine. Um, so that's that's what I would say on a very practical front. I also want to make very clear here, we don't, we we made a conscious decision not to record any of our group calls because mm-hmm. it's just too sensitive and mm-hmm. too much. So we don't record anything. It's all it happens in the moment and then it's mm-hmm. then it's moved on. Gretchen, what would you add to that? Mm-hmm. I was going to say that I was going to say if there is a, a reluctance that that's OK, that means yeah. maybe it isn't the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. And I'm trying. Yeah. And, and to let them know that we're here. Right. Like we are here. So there's people here for you. And when you feel like it's the right time, um, then that that's OK to wait. There you go. Yeah, that was sort of just a feeling I personally had when mm-hmm. um, I heard that. I was like, oh, this sounds really good, but I don't want to. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, well, yeah. where's that coming from? But anyway, um, yeah, maybe. Well, a really co- another coachy yeah. answer to that, Jane, would be yeah. to separate that feeling, whatever that feeling I don't want to, is separate that feeling out from yourself, mm-hmm. give it a name, mm-hmm. like, yeah. No wanty, <laughs> and then have a conversation with it. Yeah. And say, well, what, what, what? What's that what, about? Yeah. What's that about? And they may say to you, just join, or they may go, now, nah, girl, you're all right. Don't like do, do do that. How to how to leverage Instagram course instead? You know, because <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's really important to say, because I think when we sort of are, are you avoiding it for like a healthy reason? I don't need this right now. Or am I yeah. avoiding it because I'm not willing to sort of face something that's mm-hmm. difficult for me? Right. So it's sort of like getting to the root of why what's am I having this? Right. What's yeah. the avoidance? So mm-hmm. is it, um, and again, that would circle back to Sarah's coaching as well as mindfulness. So mindfulness yeah. is sort of saying like, what are the thoughts, sensations, and emotions coming up? And yep. we tend to either ignore or sort of latch on to things, right? So that would be one or the other. And what mm-hmm. we want to do is in that sweet spot of just be like, be with the emotion or be with that feeling. Mm-hmm. So if you were to sit with that sense of, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of reluctance, mm-hmm. right? And just sort of sit with it. You don't even need to solve the riddle. You don't need to, you, at least from a mindfulness point, yeah. I'm just going to sit with this sense of reluctance. I'm just going to allow it. It's allowed to be here. I'm feeling reluctant. And then- probably something will percolate to the top of saying this reluctance is surfacing because it's just not the right time for me. Right. Or if you're, or it might percolate to the top, like I'm really resistant because I'm afraid that I'm going to be overwhelmed by my emotions. Yeah. Right. Like it's just too much for me or I don't know. It's just, again, we don't have the right answer. So if you're having the reluctance, it's like maybe somebody is avoiding something and doing lighthouse circle 
would actually really help them move through it really graciously and compassionately. But maybe somebody is having reluctance and it's really just not the right time. That's why we use mindfulness. Again, it's like a tool. Mm-hmm. It's a tool to sort of be like, can I sit with these thoughts? Can I sit with these emotions and just let them be and not mm-hmm. think and project thoughts or emotions onto them? Mm-hmm. And then they usually reveal their true nature. This reluctance is sort of grounded in X, Y, and Z. There you go. And you're right. So um I'll give you an example and why that came up for me. That question came up for me was my, as we mentioned before, my father passed away, I think it was 15 years ago. Yeah, 15. And I did a lot of work over the years, you know, mm. processing all the things that happened and and all of that. And then, you know, since we've had been having this call today, it's been, you know, things have been coming back to me that, you know, as you've talked about your your brother-in-law and, and other things have come up. And I was like, maybe I should join the grief circle. And then I was thinking, no, I don't want to. And mm. then, and that's why I said um, that question. And then just as you've ex- described it, if I just sit with that feeling, no, I don't want to, it's like, okay, I was feeling a bit sad today, but I don't need to join the grief circle. I'm okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, <laughs> that's, this is the feeling that I'm getting going through this conversation with you today. Um, I'm actually okay. And I do regularly remember my father and, celebrate him with my children and talk about him and, and that. So I think I'm doing okay, but Mm -hmm. it's good to know that you guys are there, right? If, Mm -hmm. if it does come up at some point in the future or something else happens and we are very lucky to have you in our community here in Japan, because we're many of us are far away from our communities, our home communities, our networks and having to rebuild uh, those here in Mm -hmm. Japan. And maybe um, members of your circle are not necessarily in Japan. You don't have to be in Japan to join, but it certainly um, I'm sure many of your members are here in Japan to have that, mm-hmm. um, that place to, to share that is, yeah, like you said, a way separate from your usual community of people who can't necessarily help you with this. Yeah. Or yeah. And that could, might lead to not feeling very satisfied because you're not getting what you need, which you could get at the grief circle, right? Mm-hmm. Lighthouse, I think. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, end that. <laughs> I yeah, I've had a real emotional, not roller coaster, but just a, a little journey today. Yeah, it's been really lovely. Thank you so much. I've actually learned a lot, and that thing about resourcing as well. Um, what do I need now? We can use any, you know, even if we're not necessarily in grief that we know of. We can all do with that a little bit at the moment, I think, <laughs> that's for sure. I certainly felt like I needed some resourcing over Obon weekend, having mm-hmm. everybody in my home um, and trapped inside because it's too hot outside, exactly. So Gretchen, uh, as Sarah mentioned before, will you finish off with? Oh, um, a meta, sure. Yes. Well, if you, if you do, well, first, Jane, thank you so much for having us and yeah, being thank so you. gracious it was and wonderful. letting us talk thank you so much. So much. <laughs> um, and we will be starting a lighthouse circle for September. Yes. Um, and so we can share the dates on yes. any link that you have, but it's usually the second week around September. That yeah. would be the calls. And I just want to actually, I'm, if you don't mind, um, I'm going to start uh, doing retreats again at our temple. So I'm going to have one in November. Yeah. So I've had a hiatus 
as everybody has. Yeah. So probably the first weekend of November. So I just thought, oh, I should say that. Should. Um, and that would be a mindfulness retreat. That's right. not about not agree. Agree. Um, But again, everyone's welcome. Um, and then if you like, yeah, Sarah, did you want to say anything? And then I'll do the meta. Yeah, well, I I'm, I just want to say that we're going to we're going to do kind of like a little um, giveaway five days, I think, aren't yes, we, Gretchen? Yeah. So mm-hmm. just please just come and find something useful from that. I think we're going to take people through a whole unit mm-hmm. in the run up wow. to opening the whole circle so that when people can come and just find out what it's all about and mm-hmm. and feel it a bit more. Um, so and the reason I'm saying this is because. I want you to come and get some free stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is why we're grateful to have such a luxurious over hour because it's like, what is this program? What does it mean? And yeah, yeah so that'll be And great. who are these people that I see behind these Instagram posts? Here they are. This is what they're like. Aren't they lovely? You will be supported mm. very much. So, yeah, I'm glad to we could have this discussion today and bring you out into the open <laughs> and see, you know, what you're like and and that people would have a wonderful time with you. So, yes, we will link to all of this. And if you want to hear more about Gretchen's retreats, go to episode 40 because she does talk about that a lot in there. You can hear more about all of that sort of thing um, in there in November. (laughs) Okay, so I'll end with the meta. And usually Mm. what we do is like you're offering meta to the other person and then yourself and then everybody. That's the the general flow. And then I'm going to pick three things that I want to offer. And so usually I say it and then there's a little pause and you can repeat it quietly to yourself. Um, You can say it out loud as well. So I'm going to use, so I'll sort of say three things, three times. So a little bit on the longer side. Is that okay, Jane? They'll probably take a minute. No, there's no time limit. Okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, first just take a moment to get comfortable uh, sitting if you're in a chair or you could be standing If it's convenient, you can close your eyes, take a breath, just let yourself settle into this moment. And then we're going to offer metta. And I'm going to begin with offering it to you and then myself and then to all beings. May you feel resourced. May you feel resourced. May I feel resourced. May I feel resourced. May we all feel resourced. May we all feel resourced. May you be held in compassion. May you be held in compassion. May I be held in compassion. May I be held in compassion. May all beings be held in compassion. May all beings be held in compassion. May you feel at ease. May you feel at ease. May I feel at ease. May I feel at ease. May we all feel at ease. May we all feel at ease. And just take a moment to rest in this loving kindness and compassion for yourself and for all beings. When you're ready, you can open your eyes Wow. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. I really enjoyed oh, that little you. interlude at the end. It's a perfect way to end our discussion today. 
thank you for coming on the show and your time. And I wish that many people find their way to this lighthouse and that it will bring improvement to their lives that they can walk through this grief journey. Support it. Mm. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for having us.